Hello and welcome to Pixel Hunt Podcast. I'm Saul and can I play with Marble Madness? I'm Mark and it's uh, irreverence. <laughs> I'm Dan and Madness, Madness, it's Marble Madness. Ah, oh, no way. You're taking a leaf out of Saul's book now and singing his little songs. You've well, yeah. It was slightly better than his. So, so what's up with Iron Maiden? <laughs> well, I, I prefer Madness to Iron Maiden any day of the week. So, um, what, what are we? We're Pixel Hunt Podcast, and what do we do? Well, we analyse and scrutinise and deep dive, uh, consume games <laughs> one letter at a time uh, on a particular system at a time. And on this first series, season, or world is the NES Famicom. And on this episode, we've reached M. So World 1, Stage 14, if you will, is M, Marble Madness. But as is customary on these episodes, what we like to do, uh, see what we've been up to over the last few weeks before we dive into the game. So what have you been up to, gentlemen? Speaking of gentlemen, I've recently watched The Gentleman, um, Guy Ritchie's latest foray. I wanted, I wanted more from it. Uh, I really liked it. You, you really loved it. Yeah, yeah. Cause if I sit back and look at it as a, as a storyline, as an arching storyline, <clears throat> I don't think I'm going to ruin it for anyone by telling you this, but well, if I do, tough, stop listening. Matthew McConaughey's character had made a load of money. He wanted to stop selling drugs. So he was going to sell it all. Someone tried to screw mm. him over. So he screwed them back and then went, well, I'll just keep doing it then. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I was I was expecting some sort of twist, <laughs> some sort okay. of like, like if you watch, if I think of Snatch, which is probably my favourite Guy Ritchie film, at the end yeah. of it, it turns out that the Pikes have been screwing everyone over, and he meant to go down, and they've always been doing everyone, and the Pikes have stitched everyone up a kipper, and there was but nothing. The, the bait and switch and twitch and swap wasn't out to do with uh, Matthew McConaughey, was it? It was everything to do with another character that I'll not mention. Yes, it was clever. It was, it was, it was I enjoyed it, but I wanted a, a bigger finale to it. A, I bigger, think. a bigger payoff. Yeah. yeah. Ah, um, yeah I, I, I thoroughly good. enjoyed it, though. I thought it was shot well, it was acted well, all apart from Matthew McConaughey's right-hand man, who was, in all but name um, and accent, was Tom Hardy. Looked like Tom Hardy, dressed like Tom Hardy. Yeah, he just didn't have Tom Hardy's voice. You know, that fucking, oi, get off my fucking lord. And something <laughs> like that. Is that what Tom Hardy sounds like? He does in everything when he's not doing his own voice. I think when you go on his lawn. Yeah, <laughs> when I'm on his lawn <laughs> all the time. Um, that's him in, that's him in uh, Gran Torino. Um, so... Uh, that I just couldn't. It, that distracted me a little bit from the film because I was watching it, going, "That's Tom Hardy," and everything he was saying, I was repeating it in my own head in that fucking Cockney voice that he does all the fucking time. <laughs> um, and uh, so that took the, the sheen off the film a little bit. But on the whole, I enjoyed it. Who doesn't enjoy it? On the whole, um, I've also carried on watching Always Sunny. So I'm ploughing on through that, got to season four. It is starting to get very funny now. On the, yes, um, this is where you should have begun, if you remember me saying. I think you might have mentioned that, yes. Um, <laughs> there was an episode where um, Charlie puts the 
bar up as a prize in the dance competition because he can't read and thinks it says pride and he ends up almost giving the bar away and they're all trying to beat each other to keep the bar rather than clubbing together and going well why don't the four of us work together and make sure we keep our bar they just fuck each other over which is which is, which is funny and then they give charlie some um some brownie that's got loads of sleeping uh, medicine in it um and he's chewing it and they're like it's full of you know what's in it he's like it's fine i can keep going and then he's he's just flat on the floor it's funny um i also have been playing games i've I'm not played a shooter in a while so i jumped on game pass because i'm tight and i'm not paying for anything um and found wolfenstein the new order which i think is from what 2015 14 maybe that the one where you start off on a plane and you crash land into some mechanical dinosaurs. That's the one. You're uh, you are um, you're a Polish man, and yes, it's all about how the Nazi, how the world went. If the Nazis won the war, you've got to fight back. Take the Nazis out. Right. It's good. Enjoy the, it. Yeah. The, the best first-person shooter, I think, as a single-player experience, though, is Titanfall Two by a country mile. So if that's anywhere, get it. I am going to have to pick that up and have a go at that. Um, I enjoyed the beta of the first one the multiplayer beta but i know there's more to it than that but the game oh, God, yeah. what, what was it what was what, what, what? yes titanfall 2 yeah um yeah the mark uh listener the great Prilgrim, has recommended that he said it's one of the best single player he's played in ages it is it is as a first person he's probably the best single player first person shooter i've ever played and one of the best single player games i've ever played it overlaps into something i'll talk about in a bit though so i'll show up Go on. <laughs> there was some interesting bits in the wolfenstein thing there was a lot of callbacks of the old one especially at one point you can there's a bed in your hideout in the middle of berlin and you can go to sleep and you enter a nightmare and it, it's it's you're in castle wolfenstein from like years and years ago uh, so it's all no, obviously flat pixel that. art and as you turn it around it's a thing where everything turns around with you you know yeah um, weird rotate because you didn't have two thumbsticks then did you no 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 <laughs> so everything like there's there's but the, the, it's the one with big pictures of hitler on the wall and you can press yeah, them and yeah. un- unlock stuff um which is interesting i had that on a three and a half inch floppy <laughs> yeah. Cheers, man. Cheers, man. For you to be talking about your three and a half inch flop then. <laughs> that, and um, Minute, M-I-N-I-T, it's a little indie game. It's in black and white, made by or published by Devolver Digital, who published seemingly everything they publish, I think is brilliant, like Bro Force, Enter the Gungeon, Downwell, um, and many more that I can't think of. Hand. I've got but, all these. Downwell's only one I've sunk some time into, but I like it. Well, Minute looks very much like Downwell in presentation, right. but you play the game 60 seconds at a time, hence Minute. Well, I'm uh, looking at it now. It does look like a cross between Downwell and um, Adventure Time. The yeah. Artwork. yeah. Yeah. So you, you've got 60 seconds to get away from your house and do something and, and progress your storyline. And then after 60 seconds, you die and you go back to your house. Your progress is carried on. And then, but you unlock different houses so you can travel to different parts of the map. It's good. It's it's not particularly long. Um, I'm glad I didn't pay for it, not because I don't like it, but I think about a minute, long, like twenty quid. Uh, I think it's about an hour. I think I probably sunk into it. Um, but yes, worth a little time killer. Enjoyed it. Is it fair to say that it's a roguelike? Would you class it as a roguelike game? Bearing in mind that. Yes, I yeah. guess. There's roguelike and roguelite, and I always get them confused, which is which. But 
bits of your progress continues as you die and come back. So whichever yeah. that definition it is. I never realised that now roguelikes are the de rigueur, if you like, at the minute with your uh, rogue legacy, obviously that's some years old, Enter the Gungeon, all these things in it, possibly to a lesser extent, whereby nothing ever changes apart from your character. And it only it clicked a few years ago that that's what Dead Rising was. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it really like, obviously is, isn't it? It is, yeah. yeah, but obviously when you come to this Dead Rising, like, what's this all about? Yeah, like, yeah. And then go back to the start. Yeah. And, uh, so it got shelved, and it's, yeah, now we're in a world of roguelikes. I might go back to Dead Rising, but I noticed it's not backward compatible unless you get, like, the remasters and stuff. But, Have you yeah. played... Um, that game zombie that it came out for everything else, but it was we you zombie game. you zombie you yeah. I liked, that I liked... had a really really good hook, didn't it? That you you were like a survivor, and then when you died, you were then another survivor. But obviously, you could remember where you the body of your previous incarnation was, and if you've got loads of cool stuff, you could then battle your way back to get the backpack off the dead body of the person you were before you were. Oh, now it's taking control of someone else. It's a really weird but good kind of uh, mechanism. So what about you, Sullivan? Uh, well, we're in lockdown, full-on lockdown. Um, I've started going through all the Marvel films with the kids. So we've got up to... Are you going through in the order they were released or in the yeah. order, like the chronological order? order of the, released. Story? Yeah, okay. the, the chronological order is, is a well you don't want to go down because... <laughs> I found some listing on Digital Spy, I think, where it's where they give you not just the films, which obviously you can stick to, but then they bring in Agents of Shield and uh, Agent Carter and any of oh these God, one specials right, okay. that, that you will find on the DVD. So they've really done a, a mm. deep dive on it. Job, yeah. Not only that, you'd watch the film, then you'd have to watch the correct snippet at the end, otherwise yeah. the, you know, <laughs> I'd have to do like tra- your own cut. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be bonkers. But um I'd like to think that people are smart enough to be able to go, oh, that links back to this and that links back to that. So not all well, you don't, sir, considering how popular Pulp Fiction is. <laughs> I've, got a friend, yeah, I've got a friend at work who's, who's, got, who's not seen any of them, so he's starting chronologically. So, I don't know, it's it might work. No, I've just gone through release, so we're up to, we've just watched Civil War. If Civil War 1 ends with, or not, it doesn't end, but near the end, it's Captain America and Iron Man fighting and just yeah. beating the crap yeah. out of each other in that kind of like yeah. tumble bit. But to see Olivia, who's, who's seven, going on eight, just as they're fighting each other, and no spoilers for a film that's about five years old that I'm sure everyone's seen. But at one point, Captain America's smashing his shield right into Tony's arc reactor. And Olivia's jumped, jumped up on stuff going, no, no! Like, really? Ah, she, loves, cool. she loves Tony Stark. Christ, she's <laughs> upset when you get to the end of the well, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been serious horror. But, uh, and then I've been playing Animal Crossing. Uh, so there's not, I can't really say much about Animal Crossing because it's consuming the world if you're into it. Uh, I just find myself picking up for an hour or two. Uh, sorry, for a couple of days, a couple of times a day doing my little jobs, putting it back down. It's quite tasky, particularly as we're all on lockdown. It just gives you something to do in those idle times. Could rewire my cab up. Um, but speaking <laughs> of Animal Crossing, it's, it's now it's 10.58 on a Sunday morning at, at time of recording. Um, and I haven't bought any turnips yet, and the turnip seller is going to be gone by the time we've finished. So I'm going to miss out on turnips for this week. I've not bought I'm a turnip like, yet. I'm barking on this. I'm telling you now. <laughs> too shit. Talking a roguelike, 
Uh, yeah. I played Dead Cells because that's on. That's on game. Oh yeah, it's all right. Isn't it? It, right. Okay. So help me out. It hasn't held me attention enough to to hammer through it, but I thought no, it was kind I loved of good. it. I loved help it. me out. I finished it on the first go. Mm. On the first go. Yeah. Go right to the end and killed the guy. On my first right. sitting. No way. Yeah. And I was like, Christ. right, okay. This is a dude in a chair at the end, isn't there? I don't know. I've not got this far. So. Yeah. You you get a cell once you've finished it. One cell. And then it goes, it basically goes back Drops to the start. And then you've start. got more options. You can do daily challenges and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm like, right. So now, what? I understand that that's not the point. Hmm. But yeah, you make it harder. You 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 yeah. get a cell, you unlock it, and then the bit in the in the in the in the like hub of the game, if you like, and there's all those globes that are hanging from the ceiling. You can put your cell into the machine in the middle, and you can up the challenge, and you can get um, more rewards and stuff. Yeah, I get that. I just were a bit surprised if you again to liken it to Rogue Legacy. You very rarely come across monsters. You're not going to go through that in one sitting. That the whole point of that mm. is that it is hard. I was just surprised to get to the end and finish I'm it. Astonished you got to the end and finished it yeah. in one go. To be honest, yeah. and I don't feel any incentive to, to drop back in and go it. What about you, Mark? Um, on on about Jedi's, um, and obviously may the Fourth be with you and all that. Um, I got that new Star Wars game. Um, it had been recommended to me anyway before Christmas. But I kind of looked at it and gone, just no, no. Um, and then when it popped up, I bought the EA thing because I think it was like whatever it was for the game and it were only 10 quid more to buy that EA premiere for the year or something daft. So I bought the EA premiere thing and it's amazing. It's proper, 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 proper good. It's one of the best games that I've played in ages and ages and ages. Um, I will start with a caveat that it wasn't, at the beginning, because I thought the the fighting mechanics were a little bit flat and a little bit boring, and then the penny drops that hang on, this is trying to be Dark Souls with its fighting mechanism. So when I, I, I restarted it again, and I restarted it on hard, and it came alive, the whole game came alive. As soon as you had to be a bit more dodgy and parry a bit more and a bit more careful with the fighting, the whole thing came to life. So, but it's very much two games smashed into one. So you've got a Tomb Raider-y elements. Uh, t- it's made by the Titanfall guys. So like a third-person version of Titanfall, wall running and jumping and leaping around and all that sort of stuff. And then um, the, the fighting mechanic is very Dark Souls. But it, the only bad thing is it doesn't commit to either type of game. So uh, <laughs> to the point where it's ridiculous. So if you die in battle, you end up back at some meditation point like you would in dark souls where you end up back at a bonfire but if you die during a runny jumpy bit you end up just immediately right next to the runny jumpy bit that you died on um so it causes a bit bit of a jarring thing that there's no consistency in what happens uh when you die um but the storyline's good it looks pretty it runs smooth i'm playing it on pc It, it gives the pc no bother whatsoever it looks unbelievable and um particularly just the opening sequence of it is is one of the best so I was clearly inspired by Uncharted and what they've done. It's one of the best 20 minutes of gaming you're ever going to play. You know, you finishes and you want to stand up and fist punch the air. So um, <laughs> I definitely recommend that. I might have um, to pick it up and have a go. I think a friend at work's got it and he's he's not very impressed with it, to be honest. <clears throat> um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but uh, he just thought it was very... Um, Middle of the road. Maybe maybe he needs to revisit it on hard. 
Yeah, Chris, he also said the same. He went, oh, we're going to take it back. It's completely mm. missed the mark for him. Yeah, I don't get how anyone who calls himself a gamer could say that's not good. <laughs> just, it just said to compute in my head. It's just like, it's one of those things. It's like, um, you know, you see some classic film and someone goes, that's true. Star Wars, as an example. It's like, it's not. You know what I mean? Even if, even if it's, you know, I mean, I'm not a particularly big Star Wars fan. I like the second one of the first lot, the second one of the most recent lot, and maybe Rogue One. The rest of them, I think, they're all right, but I still appreciate that they're good. Um, there's no, yeah. no way you can't appreciate that this game is really good. You know, even if it's not your cup of tea, you go, well, it, actually, it's, it is good, but it's not my cup of tea. It's like when people say Dark Souls is rubbish or Bloodborne. It's not. You're rubbish at it. It's a good game. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, often people put opinions <laughs> listen to us in the podcast on opinions but uh, often people put opinions out because it's just a controversial thing and, and it's just yeah. been yeah it's just that's shit because it's so popular it's just been willfully awkward when people are objectively saying oh that's rubbish like it's no, yeah. you, you can yeah. you can you can absolutely critique something for being a piece of music, for instance, if it's badly played on an instrument. Then yes, it's objectively rubbish, but yeah, doesn't mean that right. someone might not still like it. Yeah, um, and then films wise, I watched um, a film called Guns Akimbo with Harry Potter dude Daniel Radcliffe in it and uh, Samara Weaving in it. Um, which is by the same guy that made a horror film called Deathgasm, some, I think it's New Zealand or Australian guy, and it's amazing. It's an action film about a live video game um, where there's drones following people around, killing each other in the streets and people placing bets on them, and it's really, really good. And Daniel Radcliffe is some little programmer who goes on trolling the message boards um, to the point where the guys, I'm not giving anything away that's not like in the trailer here, the guys from the game turn up at his house, knock him out, and when he wakes up, he's got guns screwed into his hands. And he's like, right, you're the next player. So he's got no option but to take on Samara even, and it's a brilliant film. I've watched the trailer for it. It looks it looks entertaining. It reminds me of I don't know, almost like a Running Man, but you're not yeah. they're not, they're not uh, yeah. prisoners. It's in that vein. It's definitely got that 80s kind of vibe to it, like Upgrade had. Um, also, though, Samara Weaving that is in it, everything that she's in has that same vibe to it. So Mayhem that she's in with Glenn from The Walking Dead is really, really good. She's in another one on Netflix called The Babysitter, a horror film. That's really, really good. And she's in another more recent horror action sort of comedy thing called Ready or Not, which is also really, really good. So if you look for anything with Samara weaving in and you like to turn your brain off for an hour and a half, two hours, and just watch something amazing, She's got you back because uh, everything she's in is is amazing and good. She seems to have carved herself a little niche. Um, and then I got um, BritBox because I don't have a TV license or a Sky subscription. I don't if I want something, I buy it or it's on Netflix and that's it. And I thought, well, there must have been plenty of stuff that I've missed by having this attitude that's been on terrestrial TV because this BritBox is like BBC and ITV getting together to create a streaming service. And it should be called Shitbox because there's nothing on it. And it's constantly buffering. So, um, it's, so it killing even even on it. I think that's the primary really? reason I went to it. I thought, well, that'll be on. I've not watched that. You know, it just daft stuff like that. The wife ended up watching first dates on it. And killing is a bit it. funny, isn't it? I think it was funded in in some ways by some American companies as well. I think it's a joint venture, so which is why the states mm. get it before we do, even though right. it's like a day. So, but has it got Line of Duty on? 
Uh, that's on Netflix anyway. Oh, well, there yeah, is. Well. Yeah. Mem- in, in terms of British dramas that I've thoroughly enjoyed over the last well, few I'll years. I'll tell you what else I went on there. I thought I um, that House of Fools, that Vic and Bob one, that might be on there. Catterick, that might be on there. Um, you know, the, those two Vic and Bob things, I thought they're, they're bound to be on there. They're proper old IPs for BBC that are nowhere else. No, they're not on there. There were just loads of obvious stuff that you would think, well, that should be on there. It just wasn't on there. So um, they just immediately cancelled it. So, would you recommend our service? No. You know, so, um. <laughs> they could have gone down the route of Disney and gone, right, we're making our own. So Netflix, you take anything BBC down and do the same yes. with Amazon or something uh, like that. That's, well, that's primarily why I got it, because I thought, well, that's what they must be doing. That's what anyone with half a brain would do, is they'd say to Prime and Netflix, tough, we've got our own. Uh, cheers. Uh, but they, they haven't. All the best stuff is still on Netflix. So what you're doing is paying a Netflix subscription for all the stuff that Netflix went, nah, you're all right, we don't want that, it's shit. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this is my problem with all these streaming things at the minute. At one time, there was Netflix, um, and then and everything went on yeah. there, and then Prime. Mm-hmm. And so you had one, maybe two. But now you've got Netflix, um, Disney Plus, Prime, Hulu, mm-hmm. uh, the Britbox one. There's so many out there nowadays. You, it's just it's going to lead to piracy again, isn't it? People are just going to go. I'm not paying 15 monthly subscriptions. Yeah, eventually, are they going to have to get together and start bundling some? Uh, so, this episode's game letter M is Marvel Madness. This is the game, the game that we've been playing. Okay, so Marble Madness was designed by Mark Cerny at the Ooh, age of 18. The Sony the Mark Cerny. The Mark Cerny from Sony mm-hmm. at 18 years old. So now, 18. yes, the Mark Cerny. So we could do a whole podcast on, on what Mark Cerny's done, but I'll just rattle some off now. So he worked on Major Havoc, uh, Millipede, California Games, Sonic 2, Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, Jack and Daxter, Ratchet and Clank. Uncharted, I think he was a, a consultant designer on Uncharted. Most recently, Knack, which I know your kids like, Mark. Yes. And he was the lead designer on the PS4, PS Vita, and now he's the lead designer on the PS5. So he's not messing about. Yeah, he's not messing around. But no. yeah, on Knack, I know Knack gets a proper hard time, but I will say I think it's quite an important game if you want to get your kids into gaming. It teaches them all the different mechanisms of how a game works, and uh, they're not having to rely on messing around with a camera. It does it all for them. So, um, it's quite an e- a nice, easy easy game to play. It's not particularly easy difficult. Easy and it's hard on hard. It's a proper game. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think it's better than uh, it's. Uh, it's been touted as being. But yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, well, because... Um, Mark Cerny is such an important uh, guy in the history and current day um, computer game worlds. I've, we've reached out to him for a little clip here, so just, just bear with me. Hey, you guys, thanks for, for playing my Marble Madness that I did when I was 18, which is really young, but I'm really clever. Hey, buy the PS5. It's out soon. See ya. I think for legal reasons, we should probably say that's not him. It was him. All oh, right, it was. Yeah, it well, actually was. Yeah. yeah, I rung him up uh, the other day. Right. Yeah, it's, it's oh. happy that we're playing Marble Madness. Anyway, so Marble Madness. Uh, going by what Mark's saying, it's inspired by crazy golf, clearly, racing games, and uh, Escher drawings, which are your upside down uh, 
MC um, Escher. MC Escher drawings, yeah, you're upside down. Like yeah. yeah. In Labyrinth, where yeah, David like Labyrinth, yeah. stood on a wall, yeah. yeah. Uh, the game consists of six downhill races, which get progressively more difficult as you go on. Uh, and the objective is to reach the end of that downhill track before your time runs out. And aside from the first stage, any time you have remaining at the end of those levels is carried over to the next level. So the objective clearly is as fast as you can, because that gives you more chance of boxing it all off in the long term. Um, and then throughout each course, you've got various enemies uh, and obstacles to traverse. You've got hill ramps, moving platforms, ledges, uh, ice, ramps. Lifty bits. Some of it's uphill. Some of it is uphill. I think that's level five, isn't it? Five, isn't it? Yeah. Um, silly race. It says at the start, everything you know is wrong. Everything you know is wrong, it which is a... is, but in the terms of the game, it means you go uphill instead of... Oh, that level, David Icke. It's a mantra, <laughs> it's a mantra for life, isn't it? Uh, as, so as well as all, you've got enemies as well, like steel balls and these like marble munchers that look like uh, wheat crunchy crisps if you grew up in yeah. the 80s and 90s. Um, fall from these ledges, you smash the bits, stuff like that. You can speed yourself up by pressing A, uh, but too much speed is bad because it wangs you off the course. Yeah, yeah. Really- I think that's something that I think that's something once you've mastered it that you probably want to start using, isn't it? Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's got inertia as well, hasn't it? So it if, you, if you if you don't let go soon enough, I'll try and pull back. You're just gonna fly off. Go off. And it also does a little cool. <laughs> thing when you're near the edge which is nice if you yeah at certain points if you do uh, really good if you jump a a ramp and get some speed up and and land it perfectly you get awarded like a certain amount of points for like a bonus you land it wrong you smash to pieces like your little marbles made out of the finest porcelain in existence yeah it's a china marble my little china marble That's David Bowie's song. Anyway, uh, yeah. that is in essence Marble Madness. Which when this, when this really no, when this got pulled out of the randomizer last last uh, episode, like right, how are we going to talk about this? <laughs> because it is going downhill and uphill. Uh, There's plenty to talk about, but it's um, it's simple, and I think it's 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 good in its simplicity. Thank you. Yeah. So I think what we'll do is, I think said that, we'll, what we do on Pixel Love Podcast is we uh, cover the games, but also we rate them uh, and we touch on cultural interludes and things. So I think what we'll do is we'll save the levels, the deep dive on the specific levels to the end for this episode yes. because that will allow us to feed no, we won't have anything scores. to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it'll allow us to feed into the scores, won't it, overall. Yeah scoring systems um so which brings us to our little in the realms of music films games on friday march the 3rd 1989 disclaimer completely made up release date music (laughs) what was the number one single in the uk jason donovan too many broken hearts. Oh, God. Too Stop many broken hearts. Where does Kylie Minogue get her from? Jason's Donovan. Donovan. Uh, yeah. I, I 
grown. Thirteen at the time, I like to call this too many broken farts. Nice. Well, I think I just gave you a cultural interlude of what was the most popular joke of the day. <laughs> what was doing the school school yeah, yeah was rounds. School rounds, yeah. Uh, number two was Michael Ball. Oh, know, Lord, Christ, with love changes everything. Which love love changes everything. Is that from musical? It's from Aspects of Love, Andrew Lloyd Webber's mm. Aspects of Love. Uh, I think it, this was coming on the back of about three or four years previous with Ad Michael Crawford, back. didn't we? It's coming yeah, on the back of yeah. Michael Crawford. <laughs> 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 you tell um, me off. You've spoken about a three and a half inch floppy and coming on the back of Michael Crawford. <laughs> Yeah, X-rated pod. Yeah, that's it. Phantom yeah, we'd had uh, all these songs <laughs> were getting. But we'd have Phantom of the Opera, didn't we? Or whatever that song was that Michael Crawford did a few years previous to this. So it seemed to be a thing. You know really... I don't know why I put myself through this, but I've been to see Phantom. I've been to see Cats. I've been to see Starlight Express. I've been yeah, to music, see all these things. Musicals yeah. are all right. You need to go. <laughs> I think you could take your bird to go see. We I went to see uh, Jen, the Mormon. She thinks the shite. <laughs> all of us sat there. Wait, this was last one. She's like, why have you brought us to see this? Oh, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> well, in which case, go watch uh, Book of Mormon. Yeah, yeah that? we intended to actually when we went to London, but it was two hundred odd quid a ticket because we we not know. got anything in advance. Right. And then we thought we'd go watch. Uh, I can't remember. It was Jekyll and Hyde with James McAvoy in it. Uh, and that was similarly priced, so we thought, I oh, would just get arsehole instead. You have, to, you have to queue at that little uh, booth in Leicester Square, don't you, to get your tickets at a decent price. There's a thing on your phone called Today Ticks where you can get them cheap, but you only have a certain amount. So, And it would have meant a trek across another, the other side of London to get something half decent. Uh, I bought tickets for um, Kelly for Christmas because she loves musicals. So we, I bought tickets to go see Phantom of the Opera. It was the opening night as well, Thursday the 26th of... April, I think it was supposed to be in lockdowns, but pay to that. Um, so I've got some vouchers now, thanks, ATG tickets. I've just, rather than giving the money back, they've gone, have some vouchers and you can come to any oh, other show. Sure. Well, oh, um, do you, I do no. need a favour and go to any other show. <laughs> well, because we because we didn't go and see it, we watched the film from 2004, which has Gerard Butler playing the um, the Phantom. Oh, did it? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and we were supposed to go see Book of Mormon again because it comes to the Grand Theatre at Leeds, but they've, they've obviously cancelled that, but they've moved it forward a calendar year instead. So All right, see you again next year. Cool. Yeah, it's really worth seeing. I've never laughed so much in a theatre. At, at, uh, well, co- comedians aside, it's just, and it's incredibly offensive. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it is incredibly offensive, but it's funny. Well, it's from South Park, and it's uh, it's amazing. Yeah, South yeah, Park. I definitely. It's on on my list. If it's coming local, I'm definitely uh, definitely going to be all over it this time. Yeah, well, number number seven in the charts was S Express, formerly of S Express with Hey Music Lover. So now it's like really touching into nineties now, aren't we? And you can see oh, different yeah. in styles, but it's a cracky track, good dance track. That so albums. What we were buying in nineteen eighty nine, March. The number one UK album was A New Flame by Simply Red. Oh. Simply Red. You don't like Simply Red, do you, Sullivan? I don't mind Simply Red. I prefer the earliest. I prefer this stuff. 
with If You Don't Know Me By Now on, on this album and the new flame, the titular new flame. The new flame. Um, he's too tight to mention and holding back the ears. Yeah, all that. Yeah, holding by the ears. That <laughs> All those kind of... When they got to stars and... Uh, I think stars a good song. Fairground. Uh, yeah. Uh, who wants to leave a fairground? What are you on about? Fairgrounds are fun. Mm. It's just no, and then he became like almost oh, a smiler with no legs. Yeah, I'd take that. I've discussed this with people at length before. Put me on a roller coaster, smash me, smash me lower leg off, and give me a million pounds. I'll do that. I'm beyond the uh, age where I'll ever become a professional athlete. As long as you don't take my hands, so I can carry on gaming. Fine, give me millions of pounds for losing my shin. Yeah, but it's cool. You can have a blade like Oscar Pistorius and shoot your wife. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think they come as a pair. Here's uh, a blade, no. your wife. <laughs> yeah. That reminds don't get married now. <laughs> uh, number seven was yeah. Hysteria by Def Leppard. Which Animal. You do animal? Can you do animal? And I bold, and I animal. This was a shame. The listeners aren't going to see your expressions when you do that. I've got to tell you about these. Like my wife likes these, and I absolutely hate them, like to the depths of my soul. Um, but one of the lads I'm in a band with called John, who's a real muso and does live music for all sorts of gigs and he's a good musician in his own right. His band supported Bowie and these kinds of things. Um, he said he was doing sound at a Def Leppard concert. He went, and I'm thinking, Mark, this is going to be shit. And I went, how was it? He went, they were fucking unbelievable. <laughs> like, they were absolutely amazing. He went, the atmosphere they created and how tight they were. He said, if you went into that hating Def Leppard, you walked out of it a Def Leppard fan. He went, I love them now. <laughs> like, oh, my God. So I think I'm going to have to take wife to see him. I need to see what the fuss is about. It's well, funny, don't it? That age of that age of band, they've been doing it for so long, and they're so good mm. at it. Someone like I went to Carfest a couple of years ago, and Status Quo happened to be on, and they had like a forty-five minute set. And I thought, oh god, Status Quo, it's just going to be Status Quo. And then <laughs> I found myself about ten minutes in, going, "This is fucking brilliant." And they, were, they, were, they were great. Not that I'm a biggest Status Quo fan, but I'm like it's just so tight, and everything was good, and the. It was just excellently played. Obviously, they're missing one, but still seems to do all right without him. Yeah, but yeah, I think there must be something to say, like you say, for these older bands. We're doing it that long. They don't need to try, do they? No. It just com- comes out naturally. Look at Rolling Stones. They can't even stand up. <laughs> <laughs> no. That, yeah, that was a follow-up to uh, Pyromania. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is the one where he had the one arm on it. Two arms, Pyromania, one arm. Well, now, and this is a better album, isn't it? But they were like that. Oh, God, we should have chopped your arm off earlier, bro. <laughs> <laughs> he had extra pedals, didn't he? More stuff to do with his yeah, legs. Yeah. yeah. a lot of talk of amputees on this uh, pod. Welcome to Pixel Hunt Podcast, where we uh, discuss <laughs> <laughs> celebrity amputees <laughs> on gaming. Well, one amputee, uh, he, he, well, she wasn't, was Yaz. Uh, number nine with want, uh, her album Wanted. But they only called it. They called it Yaz, but it was Yaz like, and the Plastic Population, wasn't it? Yeah. Was, was she an amputee? She was. She wasn't. 
Oh, she's, she, but although she had really short hair, so maybe her hair was... She had a cup of tea. I think that's where he's getting confused. Yeah. And the only way is up. Well, if you're at bottom, it? Well, that, that was, that was the, the song. That's what, that was her message. If you think about it, the only way is up. You've got to be in a pretty bad place to to think. Well, I can only things can only get better, really. But even that song as well, things can only get better. <laughs> the only way is up. They're very upbeat, bouncy songs, aren't they? And if you've ever yeah. been really upset, do you have a music job? Those things can only get better. Was that Dream? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you ever think Dream and Yaz got into a fight? Going, no, my idea, and you nicked it. And Yaz is like, well, no, I'm coming at it from a different standpoint. And D-Ream guy's going, whatever, amputee. And she's like, I'm not even an amputee. amputee. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That was all saying. This is unusual. Look what we've done to him. God, it must be getting bad if he's saying at us. Films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, moving on, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> Films in March uh, 1984 on that weekend that I made up. Uh, number one was Rain Man. Ah, ah, Rain. I'm not wearing underpants, Raymond. Directed by Barry Levinson, starring Tom Cruise and Dustin Hoffman. Hey, guess Fat what, guys? Yeah. I've not seen it. No, God. It's a I've really seen, good. I've seen bits of it. It's a really good film. And it's yeah. uh, that's bird friendly as well. That's when you can sit and watch with Mrs. and you both like it. She loves it because she likes Tom Cruise as well. Ah, well, there you go then. It's a good excuse mm. to watch it. She can watch it for Tom Cruise and you can watch it for all good things. It's got a great one best picture, I believe. At number three was Naked Gun. So you've got your uh, Zucker and Abrams coming back with, with more daftness on the back of uh, Airplane. Was it an Airplane 3? Uh, on the back of those airplane films anyway in Police Squad so this is basically Police Squad the movie isn't it yeah it was alright as a, as a 13 year old I thought it was alright too it weren't I grew yeah. up on airplane and yeah. top secret yeah I just yeah it, said, it, it weren't as good was it that top secret is just <laughs> out of all of them that is the best one and it's held up it's still just funny now it's top secret yeah we got top secret out of the video shop didn't we um, yeah, I think probably around this time, about 13, yes. 14 or something like that, maybe a bit younger. But I don't, I can just remember being in tears in the first five minutes of that skeet shooting, <laughs> skeet safari yeah. or whatever it is. I think it took us about five hours to watch Top Secret because every, at the end of each scene, we just kept rewinding the scene and watching so it again and again and again. Vincent Price's big eyeball, <laughs> just... I'm going to have to go back and watch it with, with the lad. Chocolate mousse. But is yeah, it, all of it. Is it available anywhere? Because I've, I've looked for this previously, I think, and uh, I couldn't oh. find it because I bought a pack, you know, as you do for parents when it comes down to Christmas. So I'll buy them DVDs. Well, not so much anymore these days, but I bought my dad a pack that had Airplane, Airplane 2, all the naked guns and Top Secret in it. Yeah. It didn't have hot shots in it, but they're stupid. Anyway. Probably a good thing. Yeah, and... and <laughs> I went I went to their house the last time I saw it was probably about six months ago and it was still on a shelf in its cellophane. It's yeah, on Amazon Prime. Right. What else right. then? Uh, and then, yeah, so, and at number five is DOA, which is uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan, which uh, I can remember what it is. Thriller, innit? It's a thriller where he's injected with like some poison or he's got it's 24 got, it's hours. It's got yeah, to, yeah, to, to figure to out find. who's poisoned him and why and get his revenge yeah. all in one day. It's like, basically 
no. It's like my average Tuesday. This is this is that Justin Statham. Justin Statham, who's he? That Jason <laughs> Statham, that's his brother. This is that Jason Statham film where he gets injected crank. and his heart's slowing down. Crank, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Crank. Yeah, that, I, I think crank, that. Yeah, crank definitely inspired by this. This is a, very, this like is a serious film, though. Oh, you know, yeah. crank, right, just a laugh in it. Mm. The DOA it's a remake. I, think, I think it's a remake of a 1950s film, but mm. it's, uh, it's just really good. It's like a modern film noir which you don't tend to get anymore it's proper good it's proper good uh tell us about the games then Sullivan. yeah so what games were out in march in my completely made update so i'll point a reference for these on every one of these episodes to be fair and try and get a cross-platform view of stuff is cmvg so in this month's cmvg issue 100 with golden axe on the cover uh, celebrating being 100, they were giving away a Turbo Outrun arcade machine. Blimey. Surprise, no. isn't it? 10 PC engines. I don't think you won all 10. <laughs> and a shed load of US gold games. So, How nice. much was the Turbo Outrun arcade machine? It must have been more expensive than a real car. <laughs> Probably then. I mean, now they go for, I'd say, a Turbo Outrun will go for about eight, 900 quid, I think. You could buy a car for yeah. easily. Yeah. But yeah, even though it's it's uh, not as good as Outrun, I don't, I don't think I've ever played it. Uh, CMVG hits from this month, uh, Midwinter on the Atari ST, which they regarded as astonishing, and I think that was astonishing in the good sense, not astonishing as in dog shit. <laughs> but yeah, you contacted me about this one. Did you ever play Midwinter on your Amiga? And I was like, well, this is spy espionage type thing, or was it like um, a first person RPG? And then we looked at it, and it's like, oh, it's both. So I remember it, but I don't remember ever playing it. I think with the Amiga, this was one of them games where the copy protection on it were too good. Nobody owned games on Amiga when you were kids. All that happened is you just went into school and swapped pirated discs. So this was one that was floating around that never worked on my machine for whatever reason. Well, apparently, uh, again, I didn't have an Amiga. I jumped straight from the Amstrad to the Mega Drive or Snares, one of the two first, I can't remember. But... Apparently, the, the the manual on Midwinter is the size of a small telephone directory. If you, remember, right. if you remember those, so, so, so it would, you'd have been you'd have been snookered had you pirate, pirated yeah. this. Which yeah. which um, platform was it on again? Midwinter, Amiga and ST. Because yeah. I came out on the ST first. I'm looking at um, Midwinter Atari ST, and it looks like um, hard driving, but you threw some ski goggles. Yeah. yeah, it's like like James Bond in the snow, but it's a first person RPG type thing. Yeah, oh. it got loads of good reviews at the time. It was supposed to be amazing, but yeah, I never actually got to play in it. Looks interesting. Now, in certainly, you can see the tide changing now. So, 1989, uh, CVG, you could see a pivot towards uh, consoles. So they've covered Golden Axe on the Master System. Yeah, uh, which they gave 90, 89%, and they reckon you should put this right at the top of your shopping list. Mm. If you made a shopping list of games, I personally didn't. I could only afford one game at a time, so that's not a very long list. I think you've got to have more than one it to constitute a list, surely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Tatsu Jin on the Mega Drive got 90%, which we know that as Thruxton. Thruxton? Truxton. It's obviously Truxton, sorry, Truxton's a, Truxton's a race, a race course. 
<laughs> the Midlands, yeah. yeah. Isn't Struxton. Just touching on Goldmax very briefly, sorry. Um, I was distracted when you were talking about it. Um, <laughs> that's the Master System version. Was it yeah. any cop compared to the Mega Drive version? Because I know the Mega Drive version was very popular, although it missed out my favourite feature from the arcade, even though it was a very good port. It, um, the sound when you killed someone, it used to go, oh, God, like that. And and that's been missed out from it. And I always kind of feel a bit sad. It came from Rambo, didn't it? Yes, first blood. I never played it on the on the Master System. I no. was just Googling the screenshots, though, and it looked a bit It tasty. looks well. They were certainly impressed with it to give it 89%. Uh, but yeah, Tatsujin, or Truxton, as we got to know it, because clearly at this point they were importing games. Importing, yeah. not important, but they are important as well. Uh, if you're on the lookout for a top-class shooter, Tatsujin is the one for you. And they went on to say... Yeah, that, I was just nosing at it. It looks like a top-down sort of... closest thing I can think of that comes to mind... As a recent one, is like Ikaruga or something like that. Yeah, that yeah. it's it's absolutely wonderful. I remember having, oh, I had Truxton had the PAL release mm-hmm. of this, and it it's it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, it's good. It's it, hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's quite close to the arcade to give it its due, but it it's so good. What's your favourite lasers? Green, blue, or red? Probably it's blue. Big, the yeah. big, the big electric spread. Yeah, big electric <laughs> firebolt things. Thunderbolts. I'll, I, I'll always go for a spread. I'll always go for it. <laughs> you like I'll a good spread. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like a good spread. Good gathering and a good spread. I'll always go for spreads in any shooters. Uh, Super Hang On on the Mega Drive, which was oddly priced at £31.90. pence. <laughs> so I don't know if there's some Japanese conversion rate going on there. Uh, so they give it 96%. Uh, they went on to say, if Sega can do this with Super Hang-On, it bodes very well for the forthcoming Super Monaco GP! Exclamation mark. Yeah, so in the arcade, we've got Konami's Aliens, which is you go right, have a fight, but with guns. That's uh, the one where you jump into the, the tanky-looking thing as well, don't you? It's like a bonus stage. Yeah, so you, you ride, ride on it. Fight, yeah. And then you ride on that, and it's more like Operation Wolfie type thing, but yeah. without having a gun. Yeah, it's yeah. good, isn't it? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a bit odd in that um, there's lots of different coloured aliens. So Konami had a bit of a track record for this. So they're firing loads of aliens at you, but some are pink, some are green, some don't even feature in the film. So they've had they've taken an artistic license, but it's like uh, they did the same with Sunset Riders. Uh, you got pink cows. <laughs> so I still don't. Like that. I'm not even at the pink. Well, whatever. They're, they're certainly not. They're not. I mean, I've got it. I'm gonna. I think I might play it to be fair. In my cab, but they've, they've they're certainly not they're they're not black and white or brown. They're just odd <laughs> odd colours. But anyway, they went on to say fast, tough, graphics simply brilliant. Play it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It, yeah, it's fun. I went to Scarborough with a bag full of ten pences, and I just sat on this machine until I emptied emptied it and finished it. Just just kept plowing money into it because I loved aliens at the time. Alien, aliens, alien, alien cubed, all of those. Uh, Badlands was also reviewed 82%, which is basically super sprint with cannons, which it is. <laughs> but I like super sprint and adding guns to it surely can only make it better. Yeah. Yeah, you think so, wouldn't you? It is good. good. I don't it's recall the, top the down, um three steering wheelie thing, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So is that with guns? Yeah. Yeah, basically. Oh, you, pick up, 
You pick up power ups and then you can shoot as well as just race, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. I think um, I've ever seen it as a cab anywhere. Yeah, I there. Yeah, I saw it back in the day. They've also clacks in the arcade, which they give ninety three percent. And if you're a puzzle fan, grab a bag of coins and hunt this utterly brilliant coin up down. Oh, which just get an Atari Lynx and play. Or get an Atari Lynx because that for me was it's the best version. It's yeah. satisfying to play that. In yeah. it, it's like picking a scab or something. There's just something like weirdly satisfying. Wobbling a loose tooth. It's just something satisfying about clacks. And the, sound, the sound's fantastic as well, isn't it? That's when what you clear makes it. I think that's part of what it is. Just there. Uh, there's just something the that feels. of the tiles. Mm. And then yeah. when you when you throw them back up the conveyor belt, one. Yeah. And then when you clear, I think when you get an X or when you get a whatever, it's certainly clear a lot, and it goes, ooh. Yeah, it's <laughs> Which is uh, a bit sexual. So the 13-year-old, it, it's quite arousing. Anyway, what was kicking around the charts, the game's charts, kids? So here's the charts. I'll put them in the show notes, a little screenshot I've got of them, but uh, we'll just pull a few from here. What's, what sticks out, gents? Chase HQ. Uh, obviously, Chase HQ, number one. That sticks out. It's I remember a, liking that. Blimey, it's a good chart, isn't it? On, it is a good chart. On Chess HQ, the best 8-bit version, and I know we're a bit biased, but it's fact. The best 8-bit version was the Amstrad, without it a doubt. It was a really good game on Amstrad, was Chase HQ, and it would, then it was proper, proper, proper blew my mind when I got it on Amiga. The sound effects aren't great. I remember playing it as a kid and screeching around the corner and it just going... Powered drift. That's in there. <laughs> that. That was good. I had power drift on the Amstrad. It wasn't good. And a Renegade idea on Amiga. Um, Renegade, yeah. But yeah, that's the right chart. It's a really good chart. Just, just We've been yapping on too long, so we should yeah. probably move on. <laughs> Have a look at it yourselves and tell us what you think. So, <laughs> final thoughts on Marble Madness, gents. Right, okay. Well, stage one. Just a simple practice stage. No enemies in the way. Roll down the hill. Navigate a half pipe and reach the goal. Yeah. What you can do on that half pipe, though, if you want, if you're feeling brave, you can jump out of that half pipe to land on... Did you see the numbered squares? You get bonus points if you're brave enough to jump out of that half pipe. I did see them. It looked like a hop, hopscotch kind of out, yeah. outline. Yeah. I never never tried it. I, did, I thought it was just there for aesthetic well, because, purposes. Because your timer doesn't carry over on stage one. You can kind of just do what you want. As long as you get to the end before it finishes, so I'll give that a few goes. It's purely there just to get you acclimatised to how to control the ball, isn't it, on a pad, I think. Yeah, I think so. And the, like you say, then, once you get into stage two, time is of the essence, isn't it? Because go, go, you go. get harder and harder and harder and tighter and tighter and tighter and you roll your time kind yeah. of up, which is a really nice gaming mechanism of going, listen, get good. However, it's also saying to you, don't worry if you die. Because next time you'll have more time when you get here because you'll be better at it. And it's a nice little reward mechanism. And it's not aggressive, despite it being, an, despite it being a, an arcade machine that's there to take your money. It's not aggressively, well, I mean, we can only comment on the NES, but the NES version is not aggressively mean with the timers either, is it? I think it's, it's tight, but it's not. It's it's not jipping you, but it's tight. And yeah. like I say, it's jipping you even less when you know that if you get better at those earlier levels, then you've got that bit more time to spare. I, I can't finish it, though. No, um, I'm not good enough for that. But it is well, a good learning curve, isn't it? it you mm. you get you slowly get better at it, and you don't feel cheated out of that time. 
it gives you that just one marker, just one marker, just one marker, yeah. just one marker kind of um, little buzz, doesn't it? You know, where you know that each time you're going to get a bit better at that level and you're going to get to that level with a bit more time and that bit more time and how much better you are could just make the difference. Which and again, you mistake. Mistake. If it's, if it's an arcade machine, that's exactly what you want. Oh, just one more gorge. Yes. Give me 10 more, 10p. I can, I can do this yes. time, this time. I can do it next time. I can yeah. do it next time. I can do it next time. And it does. It has that, um, it has that little, like, weird drug pang yeah. um, in your brain. Yeah, and your mistakes good. are your own as well in this. There's no mm. one else to blame. No, you don't ever feel really jipped. I mean, all of the baddies have a set pattern. So, you know, if you if you die as a result of that, it's not because they're broke their pattern, you know, and accidentally took you by surprise. And you go, yeah, I wasn't expecting that. You were expecting it. You know exactly what they were doing. You hit them, you know. So it is, it's, uh, all of it is very um, fair. Well, stage two, things get a little bit trickier. The, the ledges are tighter, steeper ramps. Yep. You need a bit more um, uh, dexterity, shall we say. First, you come across your first proper enemy, which is just a steel ball, and his only job is just to smash you off the course. Yeah, and then you come across to those marble munchers, the weak crunches, or they look a bit like that's angry sex toys. Like, yeah, they look like weak crunches that are coming to swallow your balls, yeah. <laughs> which you don't want. <laughs> and yeah. then, just before you reach the end, you get a choice of going two ways. You go down a funnel, so you get this is quite interesting. So it's an interesting mechanic that they employ is you get a choice of where to go as well. So you can basically, and this this is repeated for each of the stages, isn't it? you can go left, it's a little bit longer, but it's a easier. Yeah. Or you can go right, which is a, Quicker uh, a shortcut, but it's more, you've more chance of falling off. So yeah. on this particular one, you drop down and there's a series of little bumpy ramps um, yes. to get through. I think I went the long route here most of the time. No, I didn't. For some reason, I... I didn't. I went the other way because I found the other way easier. So, yeah, um, I didn't go down the funnels. Um, I think I went down them once and then went. No, in fact, I went down them once and I died. And then when I tried it the other way, I just did it. So I was like, right, well, that's the way for me then. And it was just the way for me. <laughs> and on the, on, once you're through that, there's an icy patch, which I will die at oh, every God. single time. There's an icy patch which sends send you towards a hole in the floor. It's and a- I will guarantee I will lose. Ball after ball after ball, no matter how many times I try this. I can't figure yeah. it out. I can't get my head around it. It's a ball, isn't it? You've got infinite balls, just yeah. to explain to folks. You just don't have infinite time. So you can kind of die and die and die and die and die. As long as you don't run out of time, it doesn't really matter. The problem is, obviously, when you do die, it takes an amount of time for your ball to regenerate. You maybe lose two to three seconds or so, don't you? And your ball coming back and landing on a, a nearby uh, area so so let's say you've not got the risk of dying just the death uh, just messes your time up okay so stage three is called intermediate which uh this starts off it's a bit more maze like which uh if you go at this those those opening uh maze bits too fast you just bounce around you don't progress you just bounce from wall to wall uh mm. so you need precision yeah, and speed that. at this point so it's starting to ramp it up a little bit now once you're out of the maze, uh, halfway down, you come to a brand new enemy, which is an acid blob thing. Hit that, and he will uh, basically dissolve your balls. It's, it's a puddle, isn't it? It's a puddle of acid. Yes. Which you don't want your balls dissolving, do you? Are you happy no, with it's, that? It's worth saying as well, by this point, this game, it says intermediate, this game's now rock hard. Yeah. <laughs> 
Then you uh, towards the end to get to the to get to the goal. There's a, a set of rolling waves. So again, the left and right option, you can either go towards these rolling waves, which is shorter, but the waves will push you off the track. So you've got to time it right really well, or you can go a longer way. And then you come to a catapult, which can throw you from one side of the map to the other, which is pretty snazzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, then a few final ledges, and you're at the goal. Yeah. And then just before the end, you've got some hammers that their job is to smash your balls in. They were the motherfuckers. <laughs> I could not. That, that's it. This is as far as I could get. I couldn't get I couldn't get past those hammers every single time. So stage that four was, was my limit. That's exactly the same wall I hit and I thought I'd given it up as a bad job. And then I thought, no, I'm gonna have another few goes and I managed to get to stage five and then thought no. <laughs> well stage five is silly race. It's called silly race because everything you know is wrong. Completely upside down. Upward slopes are fast, downward slopes are slow, and near the top chuffing flock of pink birds turn up. That was my wall. Those birds, yeah. loads and loads of them flying at you, and just yeah, smashing balls. Nice. The goal line is just beyond those those birds, so you were nearly it there. Is, yeah. But the birds there. smashed my balls to bits, so uh, it was done. Which birds do? You don't. There's a bonus stage halfway up as well, where you can where you can now kill the enemies, and you get three seconds for each squashed idiot. It's like a miniature version of a level, isn't it? Inside there, and you can run over them. You get three seconds, like you said. Uh, but I found if you tried to chase them round, you'd end up wasting more time. So I think if you, I, I used to drop into it, and if someone in my path, I'd just veer off slightly, get it, and then go but with that's it. That's another little thing from a replayability standpoint. If you had it for ages, where it'd give you another excuse to go back and try. I think, yeah, I think the more skilled you come at it, you can probably rinse all those bad guys off mm. and get past the birds and finish it. Mm. But and then this last stage, stage. Oh, stage is ridiculous. Quite rightly called. It's a long play, and it just looks absolutely. I'm glad I didn't get to it eventually because I looked at it and I thought that really would have got me to get this control pad and just launch it out of the window. Quite rightly, <laughs> it's called ultimate. So ultimate something, ultimate what? Ultimate skill levels, ultimate pain in the ass, ultimate kicking the ballet. game. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, none of us got to this, so we can only go off it from the videos that we watched on long plays. But the initial stages look fairly straightforward. Just a few ramps and avoid some enemies, like all the other stages. But the last section has got platforms that appear and disappear, in, not randomly, in a pattern, but still, the platform you're on can just disappear from under you. And you just need to keep moving. It flows with the path, doesn't it? So it follows yeah. the path. It's, it's almost as if the kind of like three three spaces of path move together in a... Yeah, I can't imagine how difficult that is because the, the problem is the controlling of that inertia to just get you quick enough to get off and then on to the next one. But So it's not too quick that you fall off and too slow you disappear. God, and when I watched it, I'm glad that I didn't get that far. <laughs> and and that's it. That is Marvel Madness in a in a ball shaped capsule. They, when you finished it, uh, you get a mega bonus for finishing it. Extra time for all your extra points for all your remaining time, but you lose a thousand for every death. And that's it. And there is no like most nice games uh, that you don't go back to the start and play it again. That is it. You oh, you record cool. your final score and that's it. And some of the long plays that were watched on YouTube. Uh, people were finishing it in five minutes. God. I mean, the thing is, though, different to, I mean, I proper slagged um, last time, Kage, or whatever it was, for um, for being so short. 
and this is our shot. The difference shorter, with this, I said. it's probably shot. The difference with this is though, to finish it in five minutes, you're going to have to have played it for fifty hours. Yeah, you've got to be some yeah. sort of crazy Jedi. Yeah, you you know, so it's designed and structured in such a way that you want to play it again and you want to get better at it and you want to keep trying and you want to perfect it. It rewards you, doesn't it? Yeah, which makes it a different animal. I still think it's a bit tight that if you're bringing it out five years later than the arcade version onto a home console, that it's not a bit fatter. But then I think it's indicative of the times where what everyone was after at the time was an arcade experience at home. Yeah. Whereas really, I think what everyone wants now is a much deeper than arcade experience at home. So I think if you think about it of its time, then it were doing its job, I suppose. Yeah, you'd think, like you said, you've got five years between the arcade release and this. So surely they've had time on the side. It's not like a quick cash grab. No. And it would have been a selling point, wouldn't it? It's some more levels. Maybe they're not not bright enough as Mark Cerny, so they don't know how to do any levels and do it justice. Well, I wonder Mm. if part of that was because, if I remember rightly, it was on absolutely every platform you could ever wish to think of getting this Mm. way back then. I had it for the Mega Drive, I think, or I borrowed it off someone on the Mega Drive. And if I look at Wikipedia, it was on the arcade Amiga, Apple II, Apple IIGS, Atari ST, C64, Game Boy, Game Gear, Master System, Nintendo Entertainment System, IBM, PC, Genesis, X68000, whatever the hell that is, ZX Spectrum. So Uh, I don't know whether they just had so much on their hands to get it ported everywhere they didn't have time to put any more levels in it well apparently that Game Boy version as you'd expect is quite bad by all accounts well I mean it's going to be in it a monochrome thing that's prone to blurring <laughs> yeah, it's scrolling on that it's terrible blurring downhill for, for every level mm. so well, I think I've forgiven that basically that. and, and the, the versions I played if I remember back to the Mega Drive and I've come to play the NES version of it I don't think they were that much apart to be honest I think they've done a really good job with this NES part. I yeah, do, yeah. I think it's really good. They've not got the the, the, the crystal lines <laughs> and graphics that the arcade. I mean, if you look at the arcade version, it's it's pixel. You know, there's no what the NES suffers yeah. from here it's somewhat. Everything, the, it's everything, everything's a bit waxy. And yeah, a bit, but it's all for scale. It's all the yeah, same size. And the same distance and these kinds of things, whereas in conversions, they're, they're things that don't happen. You know, so and the the inertia, you know, that it's a I can't remember a game that early that had done that. You know that um, that it had a feeling of weight and it has a feeling of gravity. You know, and this is something that at that point. He had to code. That was an algorithm. At the, now, you know, you can create a 3D world. It'll be in your engine. It's in the, yeah, it's done that. You know, Mark Cerny had to sit there and write that. That's some genius level shit. I mean, I write algorithms. What I do for a job, you know, to come up with the algorithm for the inertia on a ball. And it sounds like nothing, but that's pretty special. That. <laughs> I'm just watching now the arcade long play of Marble Madness. And interestingly, the high score table, it says Troublemakers, the list of Troublemakers. I don't know why. But this this guy playing it, he's another level. He's just flying through it. It's crazy. But just comparing it now as we're chatting about it, the NES version it doesn't look that bad, you know. I mean, it's yeah, it, granted, it's not really pushing the boundary of... Um, graphics is it is just squares and blocks and a ball rolling around on them but 
That's the point, though, isn't it? It proves that something doesn't need to push graphical boundaries to, Absolutely. Uh, to the, be a really good game. The beauty of it is its simplicity. I think the game, that's probably why it's so fun, because it's not overly complicated. It's not convoluted. There's not You don't have to learn mm. tons of things. That first level is enough. You know from the end of that first level what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to play mm. it. That blueprint of the first 10 seconds of game is exactly how you play the rest of it. Yep. Um, so... What's um? I think we all sound pretty much in agreement. We've all really enjoyed mm. it. So, what scores are you giving it to in alphabetical order, then, Daniel? Um, I'm probably going to go up with a seven or an eight. Um, it it's just cracking to look at. It's simple. It plays well. It's a challenge. It's rewarding. It's well paced, um, and it, it's it's full of replay value until you get to the level where you can just fly through it who, who can do that but I'd, I'd probably go with an eight it's probably the best we've played so far i think in my eyes mm-hmm. I, i'm an eight as well i don't to be fair i don't think it's an eight game the reason i'm giving it an eight is because of the innovation element of it and so how clever some of the stuff was and the mechanisms and the yes it's a small game but it's designed in such a way that that small game creates a massive 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 amount of value and i think that's clever and i think let's say i think the ball mechanics is clever and um i think it was a reasonably important game um so for that reason it's an eight i mean let's say if i was just if i was just called going that game on its own probably six six seven for the game kind of itself but i think it's more important than that and it deserves an eight. it's innovative isn't it it brings a lot yeah. new to the table Yes. I yeah. I I would also agree with you there for everything you've said. I'd I'd give it a I'd give it an eight. The only thing is that it's not a trackball. And yeah. the control is is a bit awkward. You've got two options, I mean you can either play at a ninety degree angle or a forty five degree degree angle. Oh yeah, we haven't touched on this, have we? Yeah, it does yeah. give you gives you right up is up and down is down, or it gives you up is diagonal. Down yeah. diagonal. I think I played option. 45 degree, but I, you, <laughs> how did you manage 45 degrees? God, I don't know. Man, it's just I brilliant. Tweak with that at all. It's the one that I, I felt comfortable with. But because to, to mark it, well, to mark it down because it didn't have a trackball, which is not yeah. particularly fair, is it? Mm. Uh, but I think that was missing. But going on what you were saying there, Mark. Though, to sell a load of hardware and yeah. bring that game out with a trackball. Would, yeah. would it have sold that well, though? Because, I mean, if you were... No. If, 89. Mm, I mean, there was enough peripherals out there for the NES, wasn't there? But still, mm. I think one one game that needs one peripheral at the end of its lifespan, you are going to struggle. Yeah, a bit much. But what you were saying, Matt, yes, we know it's short, We only, but we know it's only short because we've seen long players of it. And even mm-hmm. if this was one of the few games that you owned, even if you'd finished it, I still think you'd be compelled to go back and improve on those scores and I improve do. on those times. Yeah. I because do. yeah, I think I think yeah, it, it's it's a it's a really, really good conversion and it's a good good game in its own right on the NES as a NES game. Have you played it two player? I no. You both you both in the game at once. One of you's a blue ball, one of you's a red ball. 
and they knock each other off. Yes, yeah, yeah, you can knock oh, each other yeah. about. RuPaul yeah. and the Red Ball had a race, but yeah. all Red wanted to do was punch his glass face. He jumped off the ramp and crashed, and then his little ball smashed. The and now he's a madness. It's a race. <laughs> well done off, off the cuff very good it's um it it makes it a little bit more entertaining as well um because you've you've to me you've got two options of playing this as a two-player game you can either both get involved at once or you can hand the controller back and forth go oh, i got this far you have a go i've got this far now it's your turn but it is fun when there's two of you and you're trying to smash each other out of the way if you're both trying to go for the for example, if you're both trying to go down the funnel on the first level, instead of sharing a path each, you end up fighting for this tunnel. Get out of the way, and you're knocking each other off. It, it, it brings another dynamic time to it. Player. I don't recall. You'd need it, wouldn't you? Yeah. You'd think so, yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, it does so sound like that? Eight, it's eight, eight all round. Yeah. Sounds like it, yeah. I'm just having a look at the scores on a Pixel on podcast and because it's still in chronological order, not in point order. That. I know, it's, it's driving me bonkers. <laughs> it's driving me bonkers. Um, I need to put it in a table where people can choose to be a moron right. like you are. You just click, click the title <laughs> and it'll swap the order. Yeah. It, it, puts it puts it above Kickle Cubicle. That's the other highest we've got. So 8, 16, 24. We've had quite a good run other than Kage. So K is high. This one, you know, is is good so hopefully we will maintain this level of goodness now because we've had a right pile of shit up until then yeah. <laughs> well yeah, that's I'm a okay. randomizer well yeah exactly it's your fun fact Dan sit down and strap in it's gonna feel like a slap it's coming at you so so fast it's Dan's fun fact well, this week's fun fact is that Mark Cerny wanted to include more courses to give the game a little bit more longevity, but extra courses would have required more time and increased hardware costs. Atari was experiencing severe financial troubles at the time, couldn't extend the game's development period as it would have left their production factory idle. So that might be, Mark, the other reason why they didn't add more to it, because they needed the money. Quick, get it out, go. Yeah, interesting. They probably went right. You've, I bet they, they must have learned from ET, and they've gone. Let's not rush it so much that we need to bury them all in a landfill site. But you've got it to a point where it's mint. Yeah, but we'll yeah. have more games. I, I, I don't care. You want more levels? We just get it out. We're yeah, skin. I think as a result of that, because it was quite short. I think once people started boxing it off in arcade, people stopped playing it. They went on to something else. So I don't think I don't. I think it was quite short lived in arcade as a result. Was there a sequel? I think. Um, wow. Uh, unreleased. What other M's could you have then? I mean, all the good stuff, basically, in it, because every all of the best games on Nintendo start with an M. Looks like it, doesn't it? M and S, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Go on then, Mark. What could we have been playing? Mega Man. Yep. Metroid. Yep. Well, Mario. Yep. Mega Man <laughs> 1 through 6. I really yeah, wanted like, one of them. I wanted a Mega Man yeah, to come out. Six, time, six times more likely to get Mega Man than anything else, but we still got a great game. Yeah. So. yeah. But looking at this, like you've gone through Mega Man, Metroid, Mario, Maniac Mansion, Met, um, Mike Tyson's Punch Out, Metal Gear, the Genesis yeah. of that. Missed a few there, haven't we? Yeah, that would mean. But I'm I'm happy that we did because they're a lot more obvious, I think, than what we landed up with. And we managed to land up with something that wasn't quite as obvious, but was still really, really good. So I think that uh, I think actually 
I'll take everything back I've said bad about you, Randomizer. Um, you know, I know that I've treated you badly and um, called you names, but I'm, uh, I've changed my mind now. So, well, we'll pull we'll pull letter N then from the Randomizer and see where that gets us. Oi, Sal, get your hands off that Randomizer. This is Vertpick from the Ten Pence Arcade Podcast. I'm bringing the game of this month, you wankers, and it's going to be N. Nuts and milk. You've got a problem with it, you're going to get broken thumbs. Oh, well, it looks like someone stepped in to stick up for the randomizer this week. Well, a bit mysterious, didn't it? It sounded a bit threatening, didn't it? <laughs> it did sound a bit threatening. <laughs> I've told yeah, you not to ease off on that randomizer. And Vic is a big guy, so you don't really want to mess with him. Mm. He's metal. He's metal. Is he? Mm. Not metal. Well, that's something to look forward to then, oh, isn't yeah. it? Isn't it? Excellente. So, anyway, that's it for this episode of Pixel Hunt Podcast, letter M. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you want to reach out to us, you can grab us on Twitter and Instagram at Pixel Hunt Pod. You can grab us online at www.pixelhuntpodcast.com. Or you can drop us an email at howdo at pixelhuntpodcast.com. Until next time, keep on keeping on. We're Pixel Hunt Podcast. Playing the games so you don't have to. Have to. Have to. Have to. Playing the games you'd have to. 